I mean, you're enjoying Chosen, our collection of talks. Chosen, it's been great. Happy anniversary, you guys. Uh, Chosen, um, for how many, like 40 years of marriage over here, y'all. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. It's always gonna be like, marriage small groups coming your way, you know? Uh, so Chosen Collection of Talks, ADD is wild, all right? Uh, collection, to, uh, chosen, <laughs> collection of Chosen Talks is Chosen. How many were here last week? Man, we, we've been able to acquire um, special permissions from Angel Studios, and we're showing uh, the Chosen uh, TV clips here at Avenue and online without getting shut down. And how many went home last week and watched like the whole thing, like series season one, season two? They have, there's gonna be seven seasons of Chosen, and they're getting all funded, and it is just terrific. But man, we're jumping into Chosen because uh, I believe that we are God's chosen people for such a time as this, for 2022. And our main scripture verse is John 15, 15 through 17. And I'm reading out of the amplified version. And this is what it says. You have not chosen me, I have chosen you. And man, we could really unpackage that. I'm gonna I'm probably unpackage that in Easter on April 17th, 9, 30, and 11. But you've not chosen me, capital M, that's Jesus, but I have chosen you. And not only did he choose us, but he appointed us and not only did he appoint us, he gave us a job to do, but he placed us and purposely planted us. I love that word, planted, in the Amplified. You really make a difference when you begin to plant some roots. Get it, get it, amen? So that you would go and bear fruit and keep on bearing. So that your fruit will remain and be lasting. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, as my representative, he may give it to you. This is what I command you that you love and unselfishly seek the best for one another. Can I get a good amen this morning? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for, man, thank you for your word. I thank you for this church, Father. I thank you that this church is unlike any other church, Father. I thank you that this church loves God. They love people. They're pursuing excellence and choosing joy every single day. Father, I thank you that we're such a witness to our neighbors and our community, Father. God, I thank you that we do not only ministry inside these walls, but we do ministry outside of these walls. So Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing. And Holy Spirit, I thank you uh, for what you're going to do at the altar conference next week across the, the men in our city. God, I thank you for what you're going to do through the Las Vegas Raiders, Father. I thank you what you're going to do through uh, the Golden Knights. And I pray for an NBA team to come to Las Vegas, Nevada. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. amen. Um, I have a 10-year-old, and uh, you know what's interesting is when I was 10, I would try to watch like cable TV. Remember that? Or you're like, the uh, baby boomers, you're like, you had children to move the antenna. You know, so you can get your two or three shows, you know, or the radio, um, things like that. Now, my son, he's into YouTube, YouTube. And so he has YouTube, but it's my account. I, I pay premium out of my, my funds so I can control everything he watches. How many know? Helicopter parent right here, right? And, and so he only has selected people he can watch. And one of them is Dude Perfect. Dude Perfect. How many heard Dude Perfect, right? These four guys, the Christians, two of them, uh, their dad's a, a pastor, and he, uh, five, five, did I say four? Blasphemy, you know. Uh, these five guys, and they do trick shots, and they've been around forever. Um, we're gonna go see them this summer, it's gonna be great. But I got one, I got one bone to pick would do perfect. Not only does my son film trick shots every hour of every day, or I have to film him, and you know, my phone gets full of, you know, videos of him 
failing, you know, the trick shots until we finally get a good one. Uh, you know, that's not my problem. He's active. He's doing stuff. Uh, my problem isn't that, uh, you know, he, he, you know, wants to have do perfect gear and play sports. That's not my problem. But my biggest problem is every time these guys make a shot, they go crazy. I mean, I'm talking about, right? So anytime they make a shot, they go, let's go and just run and just take off, high five each other, fist bump, and they're doing crazy stuff. They're throwing it off the, 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 the rooftop of the SoFi Stadium into a hoop, and it's crazy. They're breaking Genesis World records, things like that. But every time they go, let's go, my son picked up that characteristic. So I hear it all the time. I mean, he'll literally flip a bottle, and I'll hear from the next room, let's go. So the title of my sermon today is Let's go! Because let's go represents momentum. Let's go represents I'm all in. Let's go represents, you know what? We're moving forward. Let's go represents something positive, something good. Let's go! Right? Every time. I mean, I should do that when I golf, right? I go, let's go! Now, that's one set of group of people. There's another set of group of people that you make an awesome shot or you do something incredible and you go, nice. I'm gonna talk about, right? Is, it, is anybody in this room, right? Like, 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 like it should happen, because I'm awesome. So this is my first title for you today. If you're kind of like, do perfect, you're like, let's go! And you get fired up and you want to run and take off in Jericho March, please Jericho March, right? Because this ain't my building, the walls can come crashing down and God's gonna give us another one, right? But there's a second group, but there's a second group in this room that you're a little bit more reserved, but it doesn't mean you have more, less passion than the loud person. And so let's go, number one. But here's my subtitle for the sermon is, I choose to be used. I choose to be used. So if you're taking notes today, write down, let's go! Or you can write down, I choose to be used. And I love this statement in John 15. Jesus said, you've not chosen me, but I chose you. Guys, listen, listen. You, you didn't pick me. I, I picked you if you were here last week. Pick fruit and go. But if you... You didn't chose me, I, I chose you, and I've appointed you, and I placed you, and I purposely planted you beforehand. Before you were even placed on this earth, I created you for good works. Not the kind of works that gets you to heaven, but the works for you to do on this earth, let's go. But I, I, I choose, Jesus saying, I choose to use you. But he said, I planted you so that you would go, let's go, and bear fruit and keep on bearing. But what's interesting is Jesus said he chose us. You didn't choose me, but I, I chose you. But here's what's interesting in that statement. He chose us, but we also have to choose him. Right? He chose us, but we also have to choose him. There's a scripture, I've been in ministry for about you know, 20 years, and there's a scripture, Matthew 22, 14. It says, many are called, but few are chosen. And this really bugged me, because I was like, let's go! <laughs> and then as a pastor, I was like, well, few, few are going to get on board? Or what, what is this? Do few have, many, like many, many are called, but few are chosen. Narrow, narrow is the way. Wide is the way, but narrow, you know, like, what, what, what does this mean? And this was interesting to me, because it says, many are called, but few are chosen. You invite right now, if I were to say, hey, I want to volunteer. Can I have a volunteer? Does anyone want to volunteer right now? Anyone, 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 anyone? Does anyone want to volunteer? And a lot of times a really like, like, like um, anxiety-driven pastor will be like, ah, you. And you're like, ah, God, right? 
and I just chose you, and I volunteered you. But if you're sitting in a classroom, I want you to know that every student was chosen to be in that class. And if every, chosen, if every student was chosen to be there, they went through the registration, the process, they were you know, assigned to that teacher. I choose you to be taught by this teacher. And when you're placed in their class, when the teacher's up front talking about a subject, and they go, who knows the answer? Raise your hand. And if all the students raise their hand, and the ones that are raising their hand, the teacher's going to pick on the hand that is raised. But for so many of us, we want the special privilege of sitting back and having the teacher pick us when we didn't choose to be picked. Does that make sense? And so for many of us, many are called, but few are chosen because few choose. Because few choose. And can I tell you, I love it. And it doesn't mean we can't put our God in the box. I love it when Jesus singles us out. I've been in a situation where I was in the back row at a youth camp, and I sat back there and said, I don't give a rip about all this stuff. I don't care about this preacher, and I don't care about this Christianity. I'm so fed up. I don't know how I could serve a God who made my parents divorce and made my dad cheat on my mom, and I don't know how. I sat in the back, and I was just grumpy and mad. All of a sudden, the preacher said, you, you. And I was like, looking behind me, you know, like, who? He goes, you, you. And all of a sudden, he began to read my mail. He began to prophesy. God began to speak through him into, into my life. And I'm going, what in the world? And you, what went through my mind wasn't, how weird is this? What went through my mind was, Jesus chose me. He chose me. So we can't put God in the box. But many are called, but few are chosen because few choose. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, But you are a chosen race. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may, I want you to see this key word, proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness. Salvation isn't making bad people good. The gospel is taking people out of darkness into the light. And here's what's interesting. This is Peter. He wrote this. And, and I broke down that word, called you out. What does that mean to be called and chosen? And, you know, all, all of us are chosen. All of us are called. But I love this. That same word, theologian, said Peter was referencing the death of Lazarus. When Jesus went to the tomb and Jesus said, Lazarus, come out. All of a sudden, Lazarus resurrected from the dead, came hopping out like a mummy, you know, with all the things on and but he was saying, Jesus called him, but there still had to be movement from Lazarus. Yeah, I called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So that means Jesus made the first choice. We make the second choice to accept or reject his offer. To accept or reject his offer. It's so interesting with the principle, I, I, you did not choose me, but I chose 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, it says, For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you, not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction, so that you became an example to all believers in Macedonia, in Las Vegas, in Pahrump, in Boulder City, wherever you're at, you become examples. Why? Because the gospel came to me and changed my life. Therefore, I choose to be used. Let's go. Let's go. What's interesting is a lot of times we just say, okay, God, you can use me, <laughs> right? 
God said, I, you, didn't, you, you, didn't, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And then we go back to God, we say, you may now use me. But here's what's interesting, to choose God means to be used by God wherever you are, wherever you are. So when I say we choose God, even though the Bible says God chose us, so, so you didn't choose me, I chose you. Every single day, I make a choice to be used by God. Yeah. Every single day. There is a uh, phenomenon uh, called the Bader-Meinhof. And the Bader-Meinhof is the frequency of illusion. How many have ever, uh, you know, you never, you went car shopping. And when you went car shopping, uh, you know, I, went, I remember we went onto the lot. We're looking at cars. And, you know, we had this Impala that barely worked. I mean, Impala, like, grew our faith. Because every time we were in it, we would pray. We were, Jesus, I pray this thing gets me to my next destination. How many got good car faith, right? You're like, in Jesus' name, like the gas stretch, right? Like, now more than ever, all of us are letting our gas gauge go low, 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 you know? And you're getting to know your car. Like, it's fine. It can be on E for about two miles, you know, like, but then we're looking at another car and we're looking at Hyundai's and GMC's and look at all these different cars. And finally we get a car and we purchase it and we drive off the lot with a car. And I was like, I've never seen this car before. But what happens after you have the uh, illusion, after, after you, you, you have an intentional awakening, you begin to see it everywhere. I see my car everywhere. I love it with my red truck. I have a big red pickup truck. Not by choice, all right? But I have a big red pickup truck. And everywhere I drive, Levi's like, there's your truck, Dad. <laughs> what is that? It's the frequency of illusion. One of my favorite stories was um, there's a, 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 a woman, in, in the, her name's Sandra. She went to the grocery store, and she got out. She went grocery shopping, and then she went back out to the car. It was the same make and model, and she was like, weird, the, 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 the door's locked. And she was like, my thing's not working. My clicker's not working. So she checked the back, and the back was open. So she opened and said, oh, man, I can't believe my, where's my key? My keys aren't working. So she opened up the thing, and she began to climb with a dress on, began to climb through the back seat, through the all the way up to the driver's seat, woo, and unlocks the door and goes, finally, woo, and then she goes, well, I, that's, this isn't my stuff, <laughs> in her center console, and she was like, that doesn't even like smell like my car, and she turns, and her car is right next to the car she was in, <laughs> and so she got out as quick as she could, she moved quick, I say this because the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon is the frequency illusion, means the idea is that there's an intentional awakening and you begin to see it everywhere. When we say, God, today, I want you to use me, everywhere we go, we then begin to see opportunities for God to use us. We see it everywhere. Jesus, use me. This isn't, it's, not, it's, it's more that I choose you, Lord. It's God, use me. I choose God, therefore use me wherever I go. John 15, 16, so that you would go and bear fruit. And you keep on bearing that your fruit will remain and be everlasting. So whatever you ask of the Father in my name, and I love the Amplified version because it says in my name as my representative. As my representative. I want to be honest with you. I've been asking God every single day, God, use me. God, I am, I am silly enough and I am bold enough for you to use me. Use me wherever I'm at. Use me. And sometimes I really have, sometimes, I can't be honest with you, sometimes I'm so willing, I have to really discern, is this crazy Pastor Jeremy, you know, or is this the voice of God? 
And one day I was in the, you know, I get my, my, my hair cut from the same, same guy every two weeks, you know, and three weeks looked a little rough, you know, and I get my hair cut uh, from the same barber. It's the same barber shop. I go in and, uh, you know, it's quiet. It's a different atmosphere in a barber shop. It's not like, hey, brother, you know, and then you're like, God is good all the time. And uh, I sit down with my barber and, and we always talk a little bit in our barber shop. And uh, we just kind of develop a, a relationship that's just, you know, how's wife and kids? How's this thing going on? And, and one day, and then normally I'm just quiet because I sometimes take my hearing aids out so he can work around the ears. And when I take my hearing aids out, I become quiet, Jeremy, all right? Very deaf. And so I just kind of sit there by myself and I can't hear much with the razors. And, and during, you know, I was just sitting there, I was just thinking about my day and thinking about all that and thinking about the sermon and church and all, all these different things. And all of a sudden, just a, a, a word just kept popping in my head. Oh, and I, I was like, okay, is this, is this my desire to be used or is this the Holy Spirit? And finally, at the end, it was kind of like, dude, thank you. looks great. You know, can you put more hair up here? <laughs> you know, and I pay him. And then I just, I felt like I just, I, I felt like I had to speak into his life. And so I just turned and said, hey, um, I just, I, I don't, I don't know, you know, it's kind of weird starting out. And then it just began to flood out. I said, I don't know what your relationship like is, is, is like with Jesus, but I really feel like that you feel like God is mad at you and, and that maybe, maybe once you, 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 you had a relationship with Jesus, maybe growing up or something like that, and, and then you've, since then you've walked away and, and you want to get back to Christ, I just I feel, but, but you feel like he's mad at you and like you're not allowed back into his club, but I want you to know that Jesus loves you. And man, he has a plan for your life. And he just sat there, right? And he just sat there and his eyes were welled up. His eyes were teary-eyed. And then I was just like, have a nice day, you know? And he walked off and walked away. And the next time I saw him, I completely forgot. It wasn't like, hey, remember that word I gave you? You know, like, next time I had a haircut and, and, uh, and can I tell you, he said, hey, uh, pastor. And I was like, you never called me pastor before. And I said, yeah, yeah, dude, what's up? And uh, he said, um, you do like weddings and stuff? And I said, I'm Mary and Barry. <laughs> so you'll get that later. And, uh, and he said, do you, I, I'm, I was like, you know someone wants to get married? Like, you know, you, you got, you know, like wife and kids and stuff. And he was like, actually, I want to get married. And I want you to officiate my, my wedding. It's been 10 years, and this is our 10-year uh, anniversary of being together but we're not married yet. And he goes, and I want to make it right with God. Can I tell you? And I did it too. Come on, somebody. And can I tell you? We are God's representative. And we say, God, use me. Because you know what's funny is chosen people, we bear fruit. We talked about this last week, but I want to expound on this just a little bit because a lot of us, we go, what is fruit? What is good fruit? What does that mean? But here's what it means. Pick fruit and go, right? But here's what it means. What is good fruit? Fruit is the external result of what's internal. Fruit is the external result of what's going on inside of us. Good fruit and bad fruit. Galatians chapter five talks about fruit and this is what it says. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law, but now the works of the flesh, say works. Works of the flesh are evident. And here is Paul's laundry list of the flesh. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, 
It's, it's like these, like, 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 wow, like, I don't do any of those things. Like, I'm good to go. And then it's like fits of anger. You're like, well, maybe. <laughs> Rivalries, dissensions, divisions. Man, when we're dividing, man, we're, we're operating in the work of our flesh. Where we're dividing. It's envy, drunkenness. That big church word right there. And all things like teeth. Some of you are like, no, now you're reading the Bible. <laughs> and I warned you, because I hear somebody, right? And I warned you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And he goes, but, but, and please keep reading your Bible, all right? You're like, I'm a sinner. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there's no law. And to those who belong to Christ, Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. So what's it? So what's what's bad fruit? Bad fruit is works of the flesh. What's good fruit? It's works of the spirit. It's being led by the spirit. I didn't tell you the barber story just to get look at me. Because there's many times uh, I failed in that area. There's many times when I was present, but I didn't allow God to use me because I wasn't present. That makes sense? There's many times when I failed as a Christ follower, not as a pastor or leader, but as a Christ follower. There's many times when I was operating in the works of the flesh in my home behind closed doors. Uh, Many times I'm operating in the works of flesh driving on the freeway in Las Vegas, Nevada. But I have to say, God, I, I wanna produce good fruit. How do I produce good fruit? I need to clip and I need to prune and allow the Holy Spirit to work in my heart. Yesterday in the men's breakfast, we talked about guarding. Guard your heart doesn't mean you push people away, but guarding your heart is allowing God to work on your heart. That's what guarding means. But Galatians chapter five, verse 13, it says, but you were called to freedom, brothers, but only do not use your freedom. You're being led by the Spirit, your works of the Spirit, but don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. I love this, but through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfillment in one word from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Can I just tell you, a person who is abstaining from the works of the flesh and is bearing fruit will choose to be loving, will choose to be joyful, will choose to be peaceful. You'll choose to be patient and kind and good and dependable and gentle. And you choose to have self-control. Can I tell you, it is difficult to have good fruit, but it's so worth it. Because chosen people love people. And chosen people serve people. Chosen people bear good fruit. And can I tell you, even if you're bearing bad fruit, God says, I choose you to bear good fruit. And that's when we say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. I repent of my sins, but take this works of the flesh away from me. So if chosen people love people and chosen people serve people, can you throw that little stack at me, um, uh, uh, Pastor Lindsay or Joe? Just toss it, take it, 
I'll look at it. Very proper. All right. And so here's what I'll, I have a challenge for you today just to kind of get your muscles working. Obviously, Easter's coming up. Easter's a great time to invite someone. Uh, but can I just tell you, it has to start like today. It has to start today. Jesus, use me today. Jesus, use me today. Here's my uh, chosen challenge. Uh, when you walk out of here or when you walk in, right? When you walk out of here, you get a stack of cards uh, that say hope is, uh, hope, hope is here and his name is Jesus. And, uh, and I want you to know, this isn't like, come to my church, you know? Uh, this, this has to be, and some of you just got that. I love you. You are in the best church ever, okay? And this is more than just, all right? This is about relationship. This is saying, hey, I have five friends in my life that I want to invite to Easter. And here's the five friends, I want you to pray about it. I'll put this, invite five friends to Eastern Avenue, strangers or bonus points. Good job, right? I mean, we're getting the competitive people in here, right? Yeah, you're gonna come back next week and go, I got six people, let's go! Okay, but here's my challenge. I want you to pray about those five. I don't want it to be, hear me out. I mean, yes, there'll be, Maybe an easy invite, Easter egg hunt, you know, like things are fun and things are, you know, it's going to be you know, exciting and life-giving. I want you to pray about five people that you would be amazed if they walk through our doors. Yeah. And can I tell you, we will not embarrass you if you bring someone. We will not embarrass you. We're going to be prepared. We're going to be ready. But I want, God, I want to see God use you to reach those that are far from God, but they're close to you. I want you to invite those five friends. I'm going to take, take a start, uh, stack, stack of cars. It's much more than, than five, but I want you to pray about that. At the moment, we're going to have worship at the end of this message. And I want you to ask God, God, give me, give me five names. Give me five faces. Give me five people. You, and I love that because it's not a, please hear me out. It's not a, some sort of uh, church ploy to get you to, you know, let's put butts in seats and let's do all this. That's not what it is. It's what, uh, here's what I love. When we ask Jesus, say, Jesus, you, you, I didn't choose you. You chose me, so I, but I choose to be used by you. God's going to place people's names and faces into your life that behind closed doors, they are begging for change. They are begging for hope. They are begging for someone to reach out a hand and say, you don't have to lay here no more. You don't have to be here no more. That I have hope and his name is Jesus. But also we have community canvassing. This is the easiest one to do, right? After church, give us what? An hour of your time or so. There's a map on there. And Pastor Lindsay made these maps. So you know they're good, all right? They have GPS walking distance, miles, how many minutes it's going to take, how many houses we're going to hit. And we really want to reach our community. And if you see a human being, you might be able to talk to a human being. It might be awesome. But I love this because when we choose to be used, God sends us really to places that no one's looking or no one else will go. That your reach is so much further than my reach. Your reach is so much further than the person next to you. That God has strategically placed you. God said, you didn't choose me. I chose you to be in that workplace that you hate right now. But I chose you to be a light in that darkness. God said, you didn't choose me. I, I chose you to be born into that family. Maybe, just maybe, you'll make an impact. I didn't, you didn't choose me. I, I chose you to be born and to live in Las Vegas, Nevada during a global pandemic. I chose, you didn't choose me. I, I chose you to have a voice with gifts and abilities. Not just, don't take your works for the flesh, 
to take those works I place inside of you and those gifts I place inside of you for the Spirit. And so there's examples all through the Bible of Jesus. And I want you to know, Jesus, he chose his 12 disciples. He said, leave all that you know and come follow me. For three years, Jesus showed them how to be used by God. For three years, Jesus would heal the sick and, you know, uh, touch lepers and, you know, uh, turn loaves and fish into, you know, 5,000 meals and all those different things. But here's a story in John chapter 5 where Jesus went into the city and in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, a pool in Aramaic was called Bethesda, which had five roofed colonnades, literally just five platforms. And they believed that there was a, uh, you know, like a pool that, that there was a, a canal that would put water in. And when the water would stir, they thought it was an angel dipping his hand into the water. And the first person that got into the water was healed, was restored. And it said, in these laid a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. And one man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already been there a long time. So he said to him, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? And can I be honest with you? I wasn't sure, does this story match the message in John 15 when Jesus said, hey, do you want to be healed? And what's so interesting is when Jesus said, I choose you, right? But you didn't choose me. When Jesus, theologians believe, when Jesus was saying, do you want to be healed? Jesus was saying, I choose you, but do you want to choose me? Remember the woman, uh, the woman at the well, Jesus said, if you knew who was talking, if you knew who chose you, I would give you living water. I would heal your life. And so when Jesus said, do you want to be healed? He was doing two things. He was asking him, do you choose me because I already chose you out of everybody in this room or arena or in Bethesda I chose you I choose you well here's what's interesting the sick man said sir I have no one to put me in the pool I know your answer but I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up and while I'm going down someone else cuts the line some of you would be really angry pool Bethesda customers, <laughs> wouldn't you? And he said, Jesus said to him, get up, take your bed, and walk. Here's what's interesting. Jesus said, and hear me, I'm, I'm processing this a little bit, because Jesus said, you didn't choose me, I, I chose you. But when we accept what God chose us for, we accept to be used. I choose to be used. And when Jesus said, hey, listen, do you, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be touched? When Jesus said that, Jesus was trying to change his perspective. And many times when I go out into the world and I have my own hardships, I have my own struggles, I have my own, I need, I need, I need a miracle, I need healing, I, need, I got vision, I, I, have, I have vision far beyond what I currently see now. And sometimes we get stuck in our emotions and our feelings. We get stuck internally instead of externally. And what Jesus was saying is, hey, I know, I know you got issues. I know you got some stuff that needs to be dealt with. But don't look at them. Look at me. Choose me. Get up, take your bed, and let's go. Get up, take your bed, and walk. And once the man was healed, 
and he took up his bed and he walked. And here's what's interesting. We're going to cut the clip. Man, they go, oh, you're healing on, on Sabbath. What's wrong with you? All these different things. The man's totally healed. And in John chapter 5, verse 17 or 14, it says, afterwards, Jesus found him later in the temple. And he said, see, you're well. He said, sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. And when he says this, he said, don't fall back into sin. Sin is much more worse than being paralyzed. Then the man went away, told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this is why Jesus was, uh, this is why the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing things on the Sabbath. He was rule breaker. He was, he was, he was doing all the wrong things according to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But Jesus answered him, my father is working until now I am working. Working. I'm working. I choose to be used by God. Let's just take a moment. I want us to see the encounter of Jesus with the paralyzed lame man at the pool of Bethesda. Shalom. Me? Yes. Shalom. I have a question for you. For me. I don't have many answers, but I'm listening. Do you want to be healed? Who are you? We'll get to that later. But my question remains. Will you take me to the water? <laughs> Look, I'm having a really bad day. You've been having a bad day for a long time. So? Sir? I have no one to help me into the water when it's stirred up. And when I do get close, the others step down in front of me. And so... Look at me. Look at me. That's not what I asked. I'm not asking you about who's helping you or who's not helping. Or who's getting in your way? I'm asking about you. <laughs> I've tried. For a long time, I know. And you don't want false hope again, I understand. But this pool, it has nothing for you. It means nothing, and you know it. But you're still here. Why? I don't know. You don't need this pool. You only need me. 
So, do you want to be healed? So let's go. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Like he said, don't forget your bed. Why does this matter? Because you're not coming back here. That life is over. Everything changes now. Man, I love it. Woo! Here's the first, uh, I want to shift our perspective today. Because many of us, we're like that, you know, many of us, we feel like that paralyzed man. I have no one. No one to put me there. I, have. I love how he says, I've been having a very bad day. Some of us, we do that with Jesus. Not right now. I'm having a bad day. But what I want to kind of challenge you today is, although we may feel paralyzed, we can allow Christ to, to heal us, to pick us up to forever change us. I want our perspective this morning to shift, to be those disciples who are behind Jesus, even when he took his notes out, to say, God, how can I be used by you to go to the highways and the byways, to my workplace, to my family, to my wife, my husband, my kids? How can I make an impact in this world? Because friends, we, I want you to know God, not just church, but when you know God, you, you just want to be in church because we know God. And when we know God, we find freedom. And when we find freedom, man, we can only find freedom from our yesterdays, our past and our, our addictions and all those things only through Christ Jesus. And Jesus chooses to use people. That's why we have community and small groups. I'm telling you, so that we can discover our purpose. This is what I was put on this earth for. For some of us, we, we get healed and we're no longer paralyzed, but then we don't know what our purpose is and we don't make a difference. It can be frustrating. Some of us, I don't know what I'm called to do. I always say, serve your way to your purpose. You'll find it. But I want us to shift our focus today and, and hear me out. I'm, I feel like both people sometimes. I'm a disciple. I'm the paralyzed guy. You know, I get it. But what's interesting is in Revelation, John was taken up into heaven and you read the book of Revelation, you're like, what in the world am I reading? But in the first couple of chapters, there's a letters written from Jesus or God 
to different churches in that region. And to this particular church, Laodicea, Laodicea, thank you. Laodicea, it said to the angel of the church in Laodicea writes, the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works, say works. I know your works are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either hot or cold so that, so because you're lukewarm. How many have heard this scripture before? I've heard this growing up in church. I've heard this in Sunday school class and messed up church I grew up in, right? You know, I mean, you're either hot or cold. You cannot be lukewarm and neither hot or cold. I'm about to spit you out of my mouth if you're lukewarm. And I've always thought for all these years that I need to be red hot on fire for Jesus. Woo, let's go. And I always thought cold was just, man, you're not making a difference. It's just, I'm just cold. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm cold. I'm not, not salty, but just like, not jaded, but I'm just, I'm, I'm just not as passionate or on fire as someone who's hot. That's why I always thought. As I begin to study this out, I said, what's, what's the difference between hot and cold? I need, like, like, that doesn't make sense. Are we either on fire for Jesus or we're like sinners, but if we're lukewarm, he's gonna spit us out of his mouth? Then I'm in danger. Because sometimes I don't feel hot and sometimes I don't feel cold. I just feel blah. As we begin to study this, the city didn't have water in this region and so they would get their water from a neighboring town that was up higher elevation. And this, uh, this city that was higher elevation had boiling springs and the boiling springs. And so they said, man, we want that hot water to come down into our city so that we can have hot water, you know, for all kinds of different reasons. And, and so what they did is they began to build this structure or a dam rather that would send water from one city into lay, lay, lay. I can't see the word, come on somebody. Ladosia to Ladosia, and they would send, I'm gonna try, I'm very deaf and I'm, I'm trying. So they would send from what, from M-Town to L-Town, Ladosia. And so what happens though was the distance was so great that the hot water, by the time it came down to the town was neither hot nor cold, it was lukewarm. And when the water became lukewarm, the minerals began to come out of the water. And when the minerals came out of the water, not only was it not, neither hot nor cold, you go to Starbucks, I want a hot drink or I want a cold drink. You give me a lukewarm drink, I'm sending it back. But when they had lukewarm water, the minerals would come out and you could taste the minerals. And so the lukewarm became bitter water and people would spit it out of their mouths. And so back then during John's time, when they said, and you're neither hot, which means you're no longer, and let's go to the next slide I have right here. When you take the word cold to be negative and hot to be positive with lukewarm in between, but instead both cold and hot should be taken as positive. Christ wished that the church had cold, refreshing purity or hot therapeutic value, but it had neither. They were lukewarm. So I'm here to tell you, don't, you can be hot and say, let's go. Or you could be cold and she say, I choose to be used. 
by God. But let's not be lukewarm. Let's not be lukewarm. Because today I choose to be used. Come on, church, will you stand with me, please? And here's what I want us to do. I want us to jump into just a time of worship just for a moment. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to ask Jesus, dear God, give me five names. Give me five faces. Give me five individuals. Give me five faces. Give me five names. Give me five individuals. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, whoa, I don't know what this is all about, but I choose to be used by God. Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. I, I pray for those that are in this room. Man, they feel beat down. They feel like they're being cursed or punished. Father, I pray for those that are walking in this room today say, I'm so far from God. Why would Jesus choose me? I don't even choose him. And Holy Spirit, I pray today, speak to them. Speak to us today. Father, I pray, remind us today that while we're still sinners, you died on the cross. That while we were still bad, you died for us. While we're still in darkness, you shed your blood on the cross for us today. The Father, while we're still sinners, you chose us before we chose you. You called us for works of the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, to be used by God every single day. So Jesus, today, I choose to be used by God in my workplace, my grocery store, my car, wherever I'm at today, Jesus. I choose to be used. I want to ask people, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be set free? I got a name, and his name is Jesus. Come on, church, worship him today. Because I choose to be used by God today. 
C-H-O-O-S-E, choose. But if you're here today, how many got five names? Five faces? How many got some? One, got one, got one. And hear me out, hear my heart. Hear my heart, you don't, certainly don't have to do anything. I wanna see God use you. I wanna see God use you. Not just to bring someone, I brought somebody that's amazing. But to speak life into someone. Man, to speak hope into someone's life. To be examples as Jesus' representative. If you're here today and you feel like you've lost all hope, Man, I feel like you're, you're in this room and you're saying, how can I do that when I need that? And may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and love today. If that's you today and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus. But man, I'm going to take up my mat. And I love what Peter in the clip said. You need to pick that up because you ain't coming back here again. You're going elsewhere. Let's go. Let's go. If that's you today and you say, I want to give my life to Jesus, I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to ask you, with all eyes open and every head up, you say, that's me, Pastor. Just put a hand up, put it right back down. That's all I want. Just put a hand up. Say, I want to give my life to Jesus today. Put it right back down. Yep, yep. Anyone else? That's it. Anyone else? Yeah, yeah. I see you, my friend. Yep. Anyone else? Up. Right back down. And so I, just so you don't feel singled out, raise your hand if you want to be used by God this week. For God's praise and God's glory. So let's pray. Everyone say, Dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for paying for my sins. Say today, I repent of my sins. Say be Lord of my life. Say today, I choose to be used by you. Say the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Because I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God.